This is Jason Young, and you are listening to MLVC, the Madonna podcast, your place for all things Madonna Luis Veronica Ciccone. Well, kids, it's Ben. Welcome back to the function. And hey, everybody, it's Stefan. Thanks for joining us for another episode of MLVC. As you just heard today on the show, we are joined by dancer, choreographer, and director Jason Young. Jason, welcome to the show. Thank you, guys. Thank you guys both for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, snap, snaps, Ben. That's uh, you can you can hear. <laughs> I'm trying to put it in the background. Ben's silent oh, yeah. snaps. I know. <laughs> Jason, how, where are you? Uh, where are you calling in from today? You're in you're in LA, right? We're in LA, yeah, yeah. I'm calling in from a dance studio here in Los Angeles, North Hollywood. Oh, nice! I was literally just got back. I spent uh, a few days in Hermosa Beach. Oh, really? It must have been a nice time. It was quite nice. Yeah, I, everyone kept complaining how hot it was, and I thought, I don't know what they're talking about because the beach breeze is really nice. It's so nice. Yeah, I actually live close to the beach, so it's <sighs> enjoyable. That Are you? Nice. Do you have to cross any picket lines in order to get to work? Uh, no, not today. Thank God. No, um, I've been pretty lucky with the traffic so far. Excellent. Nice. Ben, do you want to give the bio for Jason before oh, we get to questions? I absolutely can. All right, listeners. Jason Young has worked for over 25 years in the entertainment industry. He's done work for world tours, Broadway, television, and film. He creative directed and choreographed Ricky Martin's 2018 Latin Billboards opening performance and also was the supervising choreographer for three of Madonna's world tours. He is now part of the team who lead 8-in-1 Creative with fellow Madonna dance alum Paul Kirkland. Now, Addendum to that, we're going to give you Jason's Madonna danceography. So as a dancer, he was on Reinvention and Confession, so 2004-2006. As a dancer and choreographer, he was part of Sticky and Sweet. And then as a supervisor choreographer, he worked on MDNA, Rebel Heart, Living for Love at the Grammys. That was a really good one. Mm-hmm. The Brit Awards, which... Uh, that one makes me sweat. And the Madam X tour. <laughs> and then he was assistant choreographer for the amazing Super Bowl halftime show. Iconic. So, yeah. yeah there's, oh, listen, I, I work in libraries, so we do our research. Okay. Um, so to kick it off, we we like to, there's sort of two parts of everybody's origin story when we talk to them on the podcast, Jason. And so first... Tell us, let's start with your dance origin story. Tell us how dance came into your life and why it stayed. Um, I was really lucky at a young age. Um, I had parents that were like, you know, accepted everything. Um, You know, they tried to get you into like everything possible to see what stuck. Um, And uh, I think a TV show was around at that time, Fame. Uh. 
and I was watching it constantly and I was dancing around the house constantly. Um, and I think, um, you know, like breaking and um, popping were like a thing back um, when I was growing up and I started doing that. Um, I ended up entering a dance competition and I was like seven years old and my mom like saw how much I really liked it. And there were some teachers who kind of, you know, uh, they were breakers and they were teaching, um, you know, b-boying at a, a, a local dance studio. Um, and my mom actually was like, um, she took me there to check it out, see if I wanted to get into classes and um, made a deal with me that if I were going to take breaking lessons that I needed to be in tap and jazz also. So, um, she wanted, she wanted you to have a full, well-rounded education. Exactly. Yeah. You know, um, so I got, I got into that. And then like three weeks after that, um, they stopped all the breaking classes and my mom was like, oh, well, you're going to stick with the jazz and tap. Um, and so I just kept on doing that eventually got into ballet and just, you know, I think through my teachers and like, through like, uh, good inspirational people. They like kept me moving through dance. Wow. Gosh, you, yeah, you've got so many styles in your repertoire. That's impressive. Excellent. So the follow-up question then is what is your Madonna origin story? What led you to the reinvention tour? Um, well, I mean, uh, I think it started off with Jamie King, the artistic director. Um, I did uh, a show in Vegas because um, that's where I kind of like uh, grew up. Um, and I was doing shows in Vegas before I knew that I wanted to like dance for artists and move to L.A. and all of that. Um, and it was a particular show called Storm at the Mandalay Bay that I worked that Jamie created the whole show. Um, and then through that process and getting to know Jamie and his uh, assistants, um, they were working on Madonna's um, um, tour at that time. Um, and I was like, oh, I was kind of interested in like kind of poking around, like what, what would it be like to be in a tour like that? And they were like, oh, well, we would have, we should have known. We might've hired you. <laughs> so after <laughs> that, I was like, ah, okay, maybe my next step is to go to LA and start working for artists and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and I went to LA and it took me like literally a year and a half before I actually started booking anything like big, um, you know, I was like, you know, doing small gigs, struggling here and there and all that. But finally, um, I walked into the room. Um, it was like a new year. I shaved my head. I had a new look. And um, when I walked in the, you know, uh, Jamie's assistant, Stephanie Bruce looked at me and she was like, aha. And uh, she was like, okay. And I, I think that, with, you know, the special skills of dance, like, cause I, I'm a, I'm a tap dancer also. So mm -hmm. they were looking for like, you know, people who had standout styles, um, for that tour for reinvention. Um, and so, you know, through the two days of, of auditioning, um, and like, you know, doing the combos and like, uh, freestyling and all that, um, they decided that they were going to pick me. Wow. I'm a big advocate of like buzzing the head to change your energy. So I, I totally, <laughs> sure, I right? totally get that one. I think it had to do with my look, you know, cause I was here for a while and I was just like, you know, just not, not hitting what I wanted, not getting the jobs that I wanted. Um, and then after I, after I shaved my head, things kind of like opened up doors for me. Hmm. 
That's interesting that you had a bit of a personal reinvention for yourself and and that is what landed you on the reinvention tour Uh, so we've had a bunch of fellow uh reinvention tour alum on the show uh we had reshma we had obviously paul uh tamara we had on the show we had marlene and they all said the same type of thing which was if you had a special dance ability, that's what sort of brought you on. So I was going to ask you, you've already answered that, that it was tap that sort of focused yeah, you yeah. Was it, was it, was a... it humiliating to sort of watch the auditions of some of the other people and be like, oh, wow, I don't have that special skill? I mean, at that point, you just didn't know what they were looking for. You know, you didn't know if it was like they were looking for one person with a special skill, but they they didn't if they were but they were like just trying out different types of styles or if they were going to bring on a group of people with all different special, you know. So at this point, at that point, it was like we were just like kind of like looking at each other, not knowing what what to expect. We know that we were all like battling it out in the audition for the choreography right. it came to like each person going in the room. Like at one point they just started bringing us in by ourselves and keeping everyone else out. So it was like, you know, just kind of fingers crossed, hoping that, you know, we would get through to the next, to the next level. Was at what point did you finally audition in front of Madonna? Um, I think I would say it was the second day. First day we went through um, her uh, auditions. We know we I think we learned like three different pieces of choreography, uh, three different styles. Um, and um, after they made their picks and made their callbacks, I think it was like the second day she came in and she started like, you know, kind of weeding out who she kind of liked, who she didn't like and all that. Um yeah. And uh, I would say, oh yeah, we got picked on that day. So she, nice. she actually had, she had picked everybody. Well, she definitely must've took a liking to you because you stuck around for a couple tours. So and I blessing. It was been a blessing for sure. <laughs> talent knows talent. Like we can just call it what it is. <laughs> so Jason, did you have any favorite numbers to perform on the reinvention tour? On the reinvention tour, yeah. You can remember that far back. Yeah, I was going to say, travel back in time. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely Die Another Day was one of my favorites. Oh, so good. Doing doing a tango. Um, That's one thing about her tours that are great also is that you get to um, learn new skills, you know. Um, I've never tangled before, so um, to have an, uh, you know, uh, authentic tango choreographer come in and, like, really work with us on like you know the the technique of it all mm-hmm. and you, know, it, it was you mean you've never tangoed with four other people at the same time <laughs> i know right i know the things that they create <laughs> <laughs> yeah no um but um that one and then of course hollywood our standout moment you know where i get to um i get i got to freestyle and like do my own kind of well i got to do what i wanted to do in that number you know mm-hmm. which was great um and then um, I really enjoyed um, the we um, when we did we did color guard. So it was like uh, oh sure rifles and all of that stuff. That was a uh, that was a uh, another skill that we enjoyed like learning a lot. That was express yourself, right? Express yourself. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I happen to like you in the wig during Vogue. I, I oh thought, yeah. You know, 
Hey, I mean, you, you I, and I, Paul, not, you and Paul rocking those. I'm not waves. mad about. I mean, there were so many numbers in that show that, like, I really enjoyed doing. You know, coming from the ceiling in that involved was was a, a great moment too. You know? Oh, you were one of the people coming from. See, when I saw that tour, because that was like the first number. Every, we were all just focused center stage, right? And like, uh-huh. oh, she's here. <laughs> like, right. other, right. others, exactly. other things are happening. I was you have to see the show like. Five times to catch everything, right? Yeah. Oh my god! I totally <laughs> forgot that people came down. Totally, oh, man. Yeah. Oh so on, so mean, on that, when did you go up there? When when did they? When were you cued to go up? Um, during the last song of the before the opening. Okay, so, so like the pre-show, you know, the pre-show music, pre-show, the, the warm-up. Exactly, yeah. mm-hmm. While everybody's like still out there waiting um, for the show to start. We go out, we clip in, they take us up, and we get to like kind of see through the lighting, through all of the lights and all of that. We could see all the audience out there, like, you know, having a good time, getting ready to have a show. And then as soon as the, the sound and the lights go, the, the crowd would erupt. So uh, it's a good the feeling. Wall, the wall of sound that just yeah, like yeah. goes in that direction. Oh my gosh, it's so yeah, crazy. Amazing. Oh, wow. So you sat up there all through The Beast Within, because that was a long intro on that tour. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, oh, did. wow. We were up in there. I mean, thank God they were like little swings. So they were like, it was like a little seat, you know, for us. So that wasn't too bad. But yeah, yeah we definitely were in the heat. Yeah, but you didn't have any safety wires, right? You were just um, no. Yeah, we there, there was a safety clip that would um, okay. connect. We had a harness, so we had to do Vogue the whole number with harness on. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! You got to wow. suffer for the art. Exactly, exactly. You know it. Wow. So, in in the in the tour movie, I'm going to tell you a secret. Fans got to see a bit of the gruel and scope of travel on a tour like reinvention, which is not something that music documentaries or films usually show any of. So what was your perspective on that? Since you said this was one of your first sort of big scope projects like that, what, what was that like to suddenly be like, Oh, we're taking jets and buses and we're traveling the country and the world. Yeah. I mean, that was, for me, it was a great experience. I'm like, you know, I'm a bit of a gypsy. I love to travel. I love to experience different places, you know, um, not stay in one place for too long if possible, you know, um, for, so the level of what they were doing blew my mind, you know, getting on tour buses and having like in London, the double decker buses where you can go upstairs and, you know, all of these like, um, things that they were like giving us to experience was it was it was great it was great um you know obviously a little strenuous at times you know from doing a show and like having to get on the bus and travel 18 hours to the next city you know sometimes that can be a little strenuous and then um get there and you have like a few hours before you have a sound check or whatever Mm. but i mean it's all in it's all in the tour life right yeah yeah and 
how was it seeing yourself on the big screen in I'm Going to Tell You a Secret? Because we have to tell you that fans love the camaraderie of the dancers on that tour as portrayed in the film. Yeah, And yeah. just sort of the energy of the group. And as somebody who got to go backstage, because I had won a trip from MTV to be in the pit on the opening night of Madison Square Garden for reinvention. Awesome, awesome. So we went backstage and we were the big fuzzy carpet that's shown in the documentary. We actually got to sit on it. Okay, okay, <laughs> like, yeah. But like early, early, well before the show started. But like <laughs> that group. So how was that seeing yourself and and your sort of your comrades in dance portrayed in a movie like that? It was good. It was good because I mean, you know, they actually like didn't ask us to like portray like you know be something that we weren't. You know, mm-hmm. they wanted to actually. You know, they spent time with us. Like I think each dancer got like a full day where the camera crew followed them around you know and like came to our house and like start you know so i mean it it was it was really nice to like to to know that she wanted us to not just be a background like she she put she considers us a part of like the full-on production show and that we are talent also right you weren't a prop yeah exactly we're not just props like you know um our experience matters also Oh, so, yeah. And it yeah, came right. through in the show and the movie. Like, just, I mean, the Hollywood number that you mentioned earlier was so, to see that up close in the stage and you guys are performing around us on, was just yeah. once in a lifetime. It was wonderful. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It's been great. Before we get into some of your other experiences with Madonna, after you worked on Reinvention, how did that first experience change you as a performer? How did it did it improve your skills? Did it improve your your outlook on performing? Definitely. I think um well, I mean, I would say it being with Jamie and their whole like his whole crew um and working with everybody, it kind of like get, opened my eyes to like um because I'm like I I'm sitting there and I'm like studying him because obviously Mm -hmm. at that point I'm already thinking that, you know, that is the direction that I want to move into. Um, after I'm done with my performance and dancing, I want to go into creative directing and all of that Mm -hmm. stuff. Um, so I like, you know, at that point I'm like just studying them and like observing like what kind of like tools that they have you know, possess and are putting out there that is making this show so successful. Um, and I think one of the things that like I grasped onto is um, he, he was, he was great at like utilizing different types of talent, you know, from mm-hmm. different walks of life, different styles of dance, you know, not everybody necessarily came from a professional background, but we were all put in the same room to achieve something that uh, magnificent, something great. Um, and the process at times can be a little more grueling. It could be, you know, to try to get it to that, like everybody on the same page, but once it gets there, it's pretty amazing. So I I think like learning that from them um, as a director um, using different, you know, people to get what you want. Um, And also like, I mean, through that whole show, I learned how to deal with people better. I think that um, I was a little, as a person, I, I just um, was a little more demanding on the people that I worked with, you know, um, that worked underneath me. Um, And I just had to realize that how to communicate to people better, 
Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, and then I would say also just being able to bring in and learn different skills. Um, sure. On every tour that we've done with Madonna, I've learned something brand new that I didn't have before. So leaving that tour, I had another skill that I could utilize in whatever show, whatever aspect, you mm-hmm. know, and like, so I definitely, every time I leave her show, I feel like I leave a better person. Mm-hmm. Well, and one of those skills that you acquired on your second tour with Madonna, which was confessions was how to be an equestrian horse. um you were you you were specifically ridden by madonna during the opening song future lovers how Mm. did confessions come to you so that way you would be ridden by madonna uh the tour yes ah um the tour that one was Um, They, I guess she had already been doing her promo tour with a few of the dancers um, that were on tour with the confessions and from um, reinvention before. Mm -hmm. Um, And when it came to uh, casting the tour, they did, they decided not to have an audition. So she decided just to kind of cast the people within whoever she had and whoever she could call back. Um, and I got lucky enough to, for them to kind of see me within that cast. So I just got a direct phone call. Nice. Hey, that's the best way to go, right? It's the best skip, way. To skip that go. audition. Yeah. Just, yeah. you know, Hey, it's, Hey, when Madonna calls, you know, yeah, exactly. Thank <laughs> oh, you. Especially yeah. that tour. It has some great choreography. Oh my yeah. gosh. Oh. It does. It does. So on so confessions, as you may or may not know, is like hailed in Madonna fandom as like one of the best things she's ever done in her entire career. And um, we personally love it here at MLVC. Um, Other than future lovers, I think one of the the highlights for me with with you on that show um was erotica slash you thrill me so first question i have to ask you about that did you know when you were doing that number how special that was to the fans because before that show we had never heard that song before she had obviously done the album version of erotica in public but that was like a demo version that she had never put out. Uh-huh. So when she, you know, and this was before the advent of like legit cell phones, being able to record proper audio and whatnot. Right. So I remember the first time I saw Confessions Tour, that was the first time I was ever hearing that number. And I didn't know what it was or where it was coming from. And, <laughs> and then on top of that, it's so beautifully choreographed. The staging the, of that, number was absolutely perfect for for that so did you know how special that was when you were performing it not i would say not throughout the rehearsal process and when we first started performing it i honestly i didn't know the effect that it was going to have on people um but then i think like mid tour i started like you know the the messages that i would start to receive from people and the you know the reaction from the crowd like you could tell that that was a special moment for sure. mm-hmm. uh so my my follow up question on this number is i've heard that madonna does not like to be lifted in her performing that people lifting her up in the air is not something she likes so i was always curious that 
she was being lifted up in that number by you. Did, yeah. Did you feel honored that you were one of the people who got to lift Madonna during the uh, Definitely extremely honored. I mean, the fact that she trusts me, you know, not once, but, you know, a few times sure. to partner her and support her. I mean, that definitely, uh, you know, it gives you a good feeling to know that an artist like trusts you that much to like that, that she wants you to be the one to like make sure that she's okay. Mm-hmm. And then last, last on erotic youth, Romy, and then I promise we'll move on. Oh, good. <laughs> what, tell me what like the rehearsal process was like for that number, just because it, I just felt it was so special in terms of like how people kept coming on and coming on and coming on throughout, you know, like it's sort uh, of the group of dancers kept expanding and growing and yeah. what, and ultimately, this is sort of a question for all numbers in a tour. But what what is the rehearsal process like for a number? You know, like how is what, does she come to you and it's like here's the number, and then you just learn it or like walk us no. through that? No, I mean, I, well, RJ RJ Durrell, who choreographed the number, um, he did a great job at it. Um, I think the process is uh, mostly they talk about what the creative is with the director, right, Jamie King. Um, her, him, him and Madonna kind of go through the process of what that each song is going to be. And then the, that information is relayed to each choreographer, which normally gets, they get like a few days to kind of create the number. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, M comes in, looks at things and like gives her notes throughout, um, until she feels like it's ready. And then once it's ready, then she'll start to learn the number. Gotcha. It takes a few days, you know, like, uh, and, you know, some choreographers come in and they like, you know, got, have like a, uh, a game plan right off the beginning and they, you know, come in and knock the number out. And then some just like, you know, it takes a bit of a process where like they come in, it's not completely right yet. So, you know, they have to go back, take some notes, go back, make some fixes, show it again, you know, a little bit of workshop. A little bit of a workshop, yeah, for sure. And who do you... So before Madonna comes into the mix, who are you using as Madonna's stand-in? Is there, like, just one of the other girl dancers that are on the cast, like, filling in? No, every tour has a stand-in person who's normally the supervising choreographer um, or one of them. Um, um, for instance, um, on the Confessions tour, um, Stephanie Roos was the mm-hmm. supervising choreographer so she would do majority of the of the stand-in work but um for that number particularly um we had um rj Durrell had brought in um uh an assistant at that time her name is um allison folk uh-huh. um and allison was a supervising choreographer on uh another tour with me with uh, madonna um and she stood in for that number while we were learning it. Nice. Very cool. Well, and then I also just want to say you did a bang up job in sorry. I, th- I thought it's, I always loved sorry because, and when we had uh, Tamara and Rushma on the show, who I always felt bad that Rushma was just sort of, she never got to see the stage. She was just no, sort of there yeah, as like a backup. Yeah. Um, but Rushma was always cracking me up because she, 
like the girls are so underutilized for half the tour in confessions. Like they must've just been sitting back there just waiting to come on because like, it's like so guy heavy for the majority yeah. of the show, uh, yeah. which is why I was always happy when sorry finally comes on because it's like, Oh, look, the girls are here. Girl finally. Number, yeah, exactly. And then they're like, yeah. then they're, they're, like they're taking out all their aggression on you, you know, totally. Which I, I get my butt kicked in that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. But but it was, it was but good. that said, we got that ray of light performance like come on that choreography was insane when the guys come to the forward of the state i've just oh my gosh so good so good all right so to wrap up confessions uh, what are what were like your top two favorite numbers to perform in that show confessions you know what a fun one for me one was um music the roller skating oh yeah that one was a lot of fun um, obviously erotica was a great, was a, uh, a great moment to do. Um, I had a lot of fun doing the, the locking number, the, you know, that was music. Yes. Uh-huh. Oh, I thought you meant the, um, no, what was the, the Isaac, right? Wasn't it Isaac, Isaac. where uh-huh. you were locking your arms around and I remember. Um, yeah. Forbidden Love. That, that, oh, Forbidden, forbidden Love. love. Yeah. You know, at first, I'll be honest, at first, when we first started doing that number, I just I wasn't understanding the concept of what it should have been. Um, but I think I that number grew with me a lot throughout the whole process. I really ended up enjoying doing that number. A lot. Was that just like really complicated for you to learn? Cause I remember watching them like, how are they even understanding how to move their arms around <laughs> each other? Yeah. It was patterns, you know? And it was like, at first the patterns were getting confusing because, you know, it, sometimes it, it moves similar, you know? Um, and um, we were changing them and making it this way and making it that way. So, you know, eventually like, after a while it was like, okay, which one are we doing? You know? <laughs> It would get a little confusing, but uh, once once it got like finalized and we really locked it in, um, it just that the the flow of it just happened naturally. You, you know? got the muscle memory or something. Yeah, exactly. It's just one arm that would just keep on going, and the rest of your body would just have to like try to remain as still as possible. So it always just looked like a Rubik's cube to me. Like some people know how to do a Rubik's cube. I can never solve a Rubik's cube. And I was like, that's what that arm movement thing reminds me of. Totally. Yeah. I liked it because it was genre free, right? Like it, it had some street elements, but then it was like very contemporary performance art, especially when she comes and is in the middle and it becomes like this. Oh, it's just so cool. Yeah. Very beautiful. Yeah. I love Uh, it. Okay, so moving on from that, next was Sticky and Sweet, which is the tour that saw you join as both a dancer, Hello Candy Shop and Vogue, and a choreographer. So <laughs> tell us about making that leap and addition in your responsibilities and what that meant for you personally and for your work on the tour. Yeah, I mean, I think for Sticky and Sweet, um, at that point, I was already a dance captain for the tour. Um, and each choreographer that would come in, um, you know, some, some choreographers, there's a bit of a process, like I said, of like taking their information and like, you know, making sure that it's like, um, that it makes sense for everyone, you know? Um, and I think that I played a part in that, in that field of like helping eat some of the choreographers, like, um, just take their information and like, give it to the rest of the dancers, 
and make sure that they understood what we were trying to achieve, you know? Um, and then there was um, a couple of numbers that I just help assisted on and stuff like that. So they kind of gave me more of a, a responsibility role as a choreographer. Well, I mean, oh, I'm excellent. sure by that point, you are so you are so involved in how Madonna runs her shows that for you as a senior member of yeah. her cast, you can probably translate much easier to people what That's you, like you have a shorthand that maybe newer people might not have. Exactly. Yeah. We know the process. We know how fast we got to get it done. So, you know, it's kind of like just helping people along with, you know, making sure that it's the way that she's going to work. Right. Here's the expectations, right? It's like, you don't, exactly. instead of having to wait for them to learn it themselves, you can just be like, look, it's going to be X, Y, and Z. She's going to want this, 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 and this. <laughs> and so we're going to need you to do A, B, and C, and we're going to need right. you to do ASAP. So. Yeah, exactly. And I think that kind of like with, with Stephanie Roos, because obviously she was the supervising choreographer on that one. Um, she kind of showed me the ropes of being a supervising choreographer, you know, um, and what the kind of, um, expectations are and what you know how much we have to help the other choreographers in this process because um it's very demanding you know um and, and it doesn't give everybody the time that they expect to create their numbers you know mm -hmm. so it's like everything's in a crunch time and we just got to get the best from them possible in that time well, wow, very interesting. So sort of a different question from what we'd asked about the previous tours, because Sticky and Sweet turned into a massive affair with dates all over the world compared to the last couple of tours. And for the first time ever, she had a second leg in the summer of 2009, which she had not done before. Right. What was that like from a creative and physical perspective to both sustain that for that period of time and to perform that much on that many shows i mean performing for us i don't think was it's a big deal i think with the more performances the better for us you know we love we love getting in front of a crowd and we love like you know especially the energy that we get from her types of crowds you know it's like it's something that like you never you never want to stop you never mm -hmm. want to get off of that train. You want to keep it rolling, you know? Um, but I would say um, on a creative aspect, like taking that pause, it, it was good for us. It was really good. To, you know, everybody take a rest and regroup. Um, I think as a, as a group, as a whole production, um, everybody felt really close and really tight. Um, and like, we really had a, a lot of love for each other on that tour. So um, to hear that she was like thinking about bringing us back for another leg. That was like, I think everybody was just like overjoyed because like at that point we were like, oh yeah, like we get to be around each other for even longer. And, you know, of course making money is always a good thing, you know, so, you know, like people keeping us employed for a few more months is like not, doesn't hurt at all. Um, so then coming back, um, she was cool because, um, instead of just doing the same show that we had been doing, she decided to, um, you know, kind of tweak certain numbers and like, um, bring new numbers in. So we had a bit of a rehearsal process again. And so it was almost like giving us a, a burst of new energy, you know? So, okay. So I'm glad you brought that up because, so I was so envious that all the other countries on the second leg got to see that frozen remix. Um, uh -huh. We in America did not get to, so I've only been able to see it on video. Thank God for the internet. But 
Right. What was the process for that? Like, was it this, the type of, was that song, the, the actual instrumentation of that song, was that already decided when it came to you? So it was like, here's the song. And then you worked it out or what was the, for do you us, remember the what the process? Part. Yeah. For, I mean, for, for the dancers, for the most part, like, um, I think, uh, you know, um, on that tour, um, Kevin Antunes was the musical director. So I'm pretty sure that, um, him and M and I don't know if it was Jamie or who else was involved, but, um, you know, kind of, uh, kind of worked through majority of the music, um, and then when it was given to us, I think uh, Rich and Tone were, uh, they were the choreographers for that number. Um, I, I'm sure they have input, you know, on certain parts of the song, but for the majority of it, it was like, um, it was done when it was mm. given to us. Yeah, it was such a great version. I, I forever yeah. love that version. She was dancing her ass off. Like, uh, all so much in that tour. Oh, uh, it's insane. <laughs> it's insane how athletic she was. I'm like, yeah. n- not her age that she was in that tour. And I don't think I could do half of it. <laughs> uh, I am her age. She was on that tour and I couldn't do any of it. Forget it. I need her. I need her vitamin regimen, you know? Exactly. Uh-huh. I mean, that's one thing I always said about M is that she's superhuman in that sense. You know, mm-hmm. uh, she did make, makes all of her dancers pull up and step up their game when they're dancing with her. Well, I assume you would want to anyway, you know, if you're working for somebody who's who's performing that tough, you know, it's like, you're not just, she's not just standing there while you're dancing around her. Like she's dancing around with you. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think as a, as a dancer, you know, artist, you want to get to an artist who does that, who performs like that. You know? Um, And when you finally get there, you're like, Holy shit. I gotta like, every number I got to like stick with it. I got to keep my game up. So it's good. You know, keep showing your toes. I bet. Yeah. (laughs) So after sticky and sweet, you were, you decided to not perform with Madonna any longer, but you were just like supervising choreography on several tours, performances and projects. Tell us about that transition. What was that like? Um, the transition was good. Um, I don't know how, what they expected on their end, but, um, on my end, um, I think it it was great. Um, I had already done the role a couple of times with a couple of other tours. So I like gained experience and confidence coming into that, you know, with her. Um, and then on that first tour with her, I also had somebody that I was working with Allison Polk, um, mm-hmm. who was supervising choreographer with me who like, you know, so we, we kind of like backed each other up on that tour. Um, and from there it just, you know, like after doing that, um, I think that was the MDNA tour after doing that tour, um, just kind of like definitely solidified that I, you know, I knew, you know, what the role called for and I knew how to, you know, supply what they needed. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it just made me feel good made me feel confident. And, um, they all felt secure with having me around and they would bring me back. So that just definitely like kind of nails did you enjoy the experience more or less now that you weren't a dancer in the show? <laughs> um, I would say I, it's different. 
Mm-hmm. It's completely different, right? Um, on a creative side, uh, way more, obviously, because I'm a part of the creative. I'm getting to help with the decisions that are being made um, for each number, for the production, you know, um, g- making sure that things um, are done correctly for her, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and then, you know, taking her notes, talking directly with her and like kind of, you know, communicating with, you know, the rest of the cast from there. Um, but I mean, if we're talking about just fun, I mean, it's funner to be a dancer because you just, I mean, I don't want to say all you have to do is learn the choreography and perform, but I mean, for the, you know, you don't get the stress of like, you know, management or like anybody like, you know, um, wanting things to get done and dealt with a certain way, you know? You just have to make sure that you're showing up on time and that you you perform the way you're supposed to perform and you get to travel the world and have a good time. So a question, uh, and maybe other people know this, maybe some people don't know this. As a supervising choreographer, are you traveling around with her or are you sort of like you're there for the pre-show and then once the show goes on tour, you're done? No, um, on Madonna's shows, um, you travel the whole tour with the and what are you sort what of thing? contributing while the tour is up and running? Because, you know, we kind of oversee like- the whole production um, while it's going on. We watch. We, I mean, it's our job to watch the show every night, to take notes on everything that has gone wrong through the performance mm-hmm. so that we can address everything then for the next performance. So if one of the dancers had a late night or too late a night out at the, you're like, you got to yeah, lay off the like, booth yeah, today. You exactly. You, you're, you're, you were marking yesterday or your moves weren't completely on time. So all of the dance moves, we give them all notes. We have note sessions before we give them all their dance notes. Um, we also, if there's like things that didn't, if didn't happen, like, creatively like with the video screens if something was wrong or lighting something with wrong or anything that goes wrong we have to go to each um each person head of their department and kind of go through those notes with them to make sure that everything gets fixed for the next time so it's like an ongoing workshop sort of feeling keep it tight you know that's what you want you know what i'm saying like she wants her show to be the way she created it every Mm -hmm. single time, Mm -hmm. you know, she expects what she, what she says yes to, to happen every show. So if there's one little thing that, you know, goes wrong and no one catches it, then that's a problem, right? She wants to make sure that someone has seen it, that someone's addressing it, that the next show, the people are going to see what she expects them to see. Mm. However, so, that rule is suspended until the very last show because as Paul Paul Kirkland <laughs> let us in on a little secret is y'all like to have fun with her on the last show of the tour. Uh, uh, I'm most, mostly I'm thinking about I'm, I'm mostly thinking about sticky and sweet when suddenly the robes were falling off and y'all were in <laughs> underwear. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. We used to play pranks a little bit on the last show. But you know what? That That's kind of, I think that was a generational thing, you know? I mean, that has kind of stopped, you mm. know? I don't think people, I'm, and maybe they do, and maybe we don't see it as much, you know? But um, on the last few shows, few tours that I've been on, they um, this, the last show is the same as the rest of the shows, you Interesting. know? Interesting. 
But yeah, we definitely would, um, you know, have a little fun on one show. You know, you got to change it up a little bit. Do you remember what what might have happened on Confessions? I know exactly what happened. And he's not telling you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, you know, I remember um, for like, especially like, for instance, for reinvention on Papa Don't Preach. um, Oh, I think Paul told us that it's like the guys showed up instead of the girls. We showed up instead of the girls. Yes. And, you know, she has this whole thing where she does this circle thing and she looked at us and she was like, what the what are you guys doing in my circle? <laughs> you know, so moments, you know, it's moments. You, but, but we had to, we had to learn all of the choreography to make sure that we did everything sure. exactly right. You know? So it's not just playing a joke just to play a joke. It's like, you know, trying to make it that it doesn't affect the audience too much. You know, when would you find the time to learn the choreography? Oh, we got all day. We got sound checks, you know, while we're waiting around, you know, before the show and all of that. So, you know, me and Paul just, you know, we try to, we, and we, we learn pretty fast. So, oh, so question on that. So I noticed uh, there's always, you see it at the European shows because the audience gets to come in early because the stadiums open up. America yeah. never allows people inside. So you don't really get to see it. She's always rehearsing numbers like different numbers before the show. Is there a method to how they rehearse that? Are they basically rehearsing every number of the show on different nights throughout the week? Or is it a specific show that they're rehearsing a specific number or what, what's the rhyme and the reason for Um, that? I think M has like a sound, like a sound check for anybody, for anyone, right. They have their specific songs that they like to sound check for sure. Okay. Then there are certain numbers that were like, Oh, uh, didn't go so well the night before, you know, certain things that I just, I, you know, we, we want to just go through to make sure that everything is going right, you know, um, make her feel good or make the dancers feel good about it. So we'll just uh, pick certain songs um, on each, each uh, sound check to just kind of review and to make sure that everything's cool. Okay. Yeah. Cause I, I wasn't sure. Cause once the tour starts, you're not really rehearsing the numbers after that, right? No, it's just no, no, the, the no, runaway it's train. Yeah, exactly. And like, if, if something goes like really horribly wrong, then obviously before sound check, we'll schedule a little bit of a rehearsal to, to review that number, you know, to make sure that everything is tight for that night. Gotcha. So to wrap up on this conversation and sort of that era of, of your time as the supervising choreographer, what would you say were like three performances from any of those tours, MDNA, Rebel Heart, Madam, blah, blah, blah. Uh, like what were three pieces that you really had a hand in and helped put together that you would be like, yeah, I'm proud of that. Ah, um, okay. So I would say for sure. Um, and this is out of the, you know, a little strange, but, um, the bone breakers. Oh, that was so rough Um, to watch, but good, (laughs) but so good. That was on um, the uh, MDNA tour. Yeah. And they had their little interlude where it was just mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I I helped them 
like really form their number and really create that number for them. So that was, that was a, a, a nice, a good one for me that I, I enjoyed doing. That was to best friend, best right? friend the song. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Oh, so I, I just good. remember that was they were right in front of me where my seats were, and I dislocated my shoulder back in high school. And so <laughs> watching them do all that, I was like, oh, I can yeah. feel this. It was I rough. know, I know. I'm oh. like, it, it's it's tough to watch sometimes the things that you can do. I'm like, oh, I'm like, are you okay? I have to ask them, are you guys okay? Like, <laughs> no. like how Super are you cool. guys gonna be able to do this? Yeah. <laughs> uh, how about Rebel Heart or uh, Madame X? Rebel Heart, um, um, off the top of my head, Rebel Heart, um, one of my favorite numbers, which, which was created by, um, Matt and Megan, um, was Bang Bang, the hotel room, um, which I got to really do the fighting between her and one of the, one of the uh, the other dancers. Mm-hmm. Um, I choreographed the fight scene for that. That was MDNA, though. Um, sorry. Yes. Yes. <laughs> sorry. MDNA. See, I'm starting to get them mixed they up. All, all, it's one Madonna tour. It's just all one long <laughs> Madonna tour for you. <laughs> it's the time that I danced and then the time that... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, but, uh, I mean, look, there's so many of them that... I, I, it's hard to like pinpoint just one, you know. Was it difficult for working on Madame X because the scale was shrunk down so much? Um, for me, Madame X, I actually didn't get to work on the the creation of the show. I see. So um, I was brought out to kind of oversee um, during the tour just to kind of oversee, give notes and kind of like make sure that it stayed, um, you know, um, at the level that she wants it. But, um, for the creation time, I wasn't a part of that. So you were just project managing. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Well, yeah. fans are going to stand for that performance at the Grammys. That was fantastic. Oh my God. Grammy performance was a good one. That yes. was amazing. Yes. So yeah. good. Mm-hmm. I was having a Grammys watching party and a bunch of people came over and it was including people who were not Madonna fans at all. And they yeah. all were just like, holy crap. And I'm like, yeah, you get it now, right? Like, <laughs> you get it. It's like in that five minute time slot, you understand yeah. what I'm always going on about. And yeah, a great distillation of all the things that, yeah. Are just there that are there. Uh-huh. So yeah. Well, can we talk about the Super Bowl real quick? Sure. What, what was your involvement in in working on the Super Bowl? Um, I was uh, an assistant choreographer on that one. Um, that's when I was just coming in with their camp to start doing the supervising choreography and all of that. Um, so like um the that was the first thing that they kind of brought me on for. Um so that's sm- a small little thing, you know, nothing, nothing, <laughs> nothing too heavy. I mean, they, they needed a lot of hands, you know, and um, yeah. they needed people who they could trust that know her that like she's comfortable with, you know, um, so being brought in um, and then, you know, uh, also like standing in for all of the the 
special guest artists that she brought on, right? Sure, like, sure. Uh, like, um, CeeLo um, and LMFAO. I was CeeLo's stand in and I was LMFAO's stand in. You know what I'm saying? She was like rehearsing on my shoulders, you know, during the DJ moment, like all of those things, you know? Wow. Yeah. Going through that whole thing, creating, bringing in the right people to create certain numbers. Personally, I would have rather had you been the person during the LMFAO <laughs> as, as opposed to LMFAO, but oh, now stepping. <laughs> okay, enough about Madonna. We want to talk about you. Sure, this is a Madonna-related podcast, but <laughs> eagle-eyed fans have spotted you over the years in many other places. There's a very popular Britney Spears video you danced in once. That I love that song. You've worked okay. with Ricky Martin. You teach classes, et cetera, et cetera. So what would you say are your top three non-Madonna collaborations that you've done in your career? Um, hmm, top three. I mean, obviously, Ricky. Ricky has been a, 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 a big thing for us. He's been very consistent with us. Um, I started working with Ricky in 2006 as a dancer and then moved into, again, I think he was the actual first tour. Um, his Moss tour was the first tour that I actually was supervising choreographer. Um, so like I would say Ricky has been a, a huge thing for us. Also letting us artistic direct some things for him has been great. Um, and then, you know, for me, Brittany, um, doing her Femme Fatale tour was a big thing. I, mm-hmm. I was a supervising choreographer for that one also. So um, the Femme Fatale was, um, to me, one of her best tours. I love that tour, you know? Um, so, yeah, um, that, and I mean, it, you know, Madonna has been my 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 top one. She's always kept me going and always kept me around, so... Um, it feels good to have good artists that like are very creative, still keeping you, you know, working and keeping you coming back for more. Hells yeah. Oh, absolutely. So following up on creativity, tell, mm-hmm. tell us, tell us more about eight and one creative. We, we know about it and listeners know about it from our interview with Paul and sort of the multifaceted approach that eight and one takes with their projects, sort of a one-stop creative shop. So tell us a little bit more like your perspective on it and what you enjoy most about the, the pro the company and the projects and what you do. I would say, um, you know, um, having a place where we have, there's three of us that like, kind of like run this company, you know? Um, so having a place where we have collaboration, you know, a place, uh, for, for creativity, um, we, we, we like to, you know, market ourselves more as a creative direction company. Um, but obviously we do a lot of choreography, you know? Um, so we're just more of a hands-on approach, um, with a lot of, um, outside collaboration from different artists to help us like with the production side with the you know we have like production teams to come in and music to direct music videos so i think you know we try to put put our hand in um all different forms of production you know we like to do live shows obviously um we but we also like to do um music videos and you know uh 
TV performances and all of that. So I think it's just more about like the collaboration and the community of people that we have um, that we can work with so that we can bring in our own team. Oh, that's wonderful. So any big projects that you can talk about? I saw, I saw that Carrie Underwood's show is coming back more dates this year in Vegas. I have a couple of colleagues who actually went to see that show and loved it. So I was like, Oh, okay. I I, like, I did. They came back from Vegas and we're like, Oh my God. I was like, Oh, what'd you see? Yeah. Did you see like Cirque du Soleil and stuff? They were like, no, our favorite thing was seeing Carrie Underwood. I was like, say what <laughs> and then as we were doing research for the show i was like oh wait that was eight one creative paul and jason's group like yeah. whoa like that's crazy so any big projects you can that you can actually talk about <laughs> yeah i mean like like you said we we just got done doing carrie underwood brought her back um she's got her residency still going in vegas um and we're actually rehearsing right now um putting together another tour for a group called rebel day um, they're huge in Mexico. Um, they started off as um, TV stars, um, which mm-hmm. formed a group. And I think they they're, they were most popular in like the early 2000s. Um, but now they're coming back for a, re- for a reunion tour and it's going to be a huge tour. So um, just working on adding dancers in and creating their performances now. Nice. Oh, that's so exciting. Well, I'm all sure right. they must appreciate the the wealth of information that you can bring with all of your legendary tours that you've been uh, on. I mean, I'm sure it's so. like yeah. like Thank coming to, to, to people like you and to Paul, it must just be like the the fact that they can pick your brains about, you know, everything that you've done is I'm sure so appre- they better appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we thank you. We appreciate it though. Uh, All right, Jason, it's time for a little segment we like to call the lightning round. These answers are just meant to be quick off the top of your head, wherever you're at in your Madonna journey today. Don't think too hard. Favorite Madonna song? Um, Ooh, um, damn. Um, I would say one of my my favorites, La Isla. Okay. Uh, Favorite Madonna music video? Um... Four minutes. Oh, nice. Okay, good. Uh, favorite Madonna tour, and it does not have to be one that you danced on, but I'm sure um, it is. <laughs> that's so hard. That's so hard. I would say one of my favorites were probably Confessions. Yeah, that's I, that would be my vote. Yeah. I mean, come on. Also, I, you were a horse. You know, I mean, <laughs> the sorry cage off, you know, erotic, you thrill me. I mean, there's just so there's, many highlights. There's, there's to so that. many, there's so many moments, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it was a good time to dance too. Yeah. 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 Uh, now I don't know how uh, abreast you are in Madonna movies, but do you have a favorite Madonna movie? Who's that girl? Ah, yes. <laughs> good wow. Good answer. Good answer. Yeah. I uh, loved her back then. Oh, so it's so wow. good. It's uh favorite yeah. Madonna look, and this can be from a video, a tour, a photo shoot in person. Hmm. I mean, I don't know. I'm like, I always loved her old school, like her 80s look, that that yeah, it's classic good. Madonna, you know? That's what I grew up on. Yeah. Like, yeah. Material um, girl. 
yeah borderline um, border, exactly. like all those yeah yes it's it's it's, it's yeah, iconic bangles, you know like the bangles it's, it's, and the tights yeah yeah it's, man, it's, it's amazing know? that she has i grew like, up in the 80s and i was like i was like mesmerized by her <laughs> then, <you know? laughs> uh well everyone that's our show for today jason tell everyone where they can find you online and on social uh, you can find me at j.youngcreative on social. And you can always connect with us at 8and1creative.com. Nice. And remember, everybody, you can find us on Instagram and threads at MLVC Podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at MLVC Podcast if you haven't already. Never miss a video. If you'd like to donate to the show, we're on Venmo at MLVC Podcast or think about becoming a subscriber, patron.podbean.com forward slash MLVC Podcast. Jason Young, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been amazing. I mean, this I could ask great. you 50 other questions about erotica. You thrill me, but I know you oh, have a job. We're not going to let you ask. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like thank you guys very much. I really appreciate it.